Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's happened. The Buckeyes have fired head coach, head men's basketball coach, Chris Holtman. I am Patrick Murphy here with Steve Hellwagon to react to the news that came out just after noon on Valentine's Day, Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day, Steve. Um, I've been a little under the weather the last couple of days, so was not. Uh, if, if I'm a little off my game, that's why, but that's why we've got Steve here. So, uh, Steve, news comes out. We publish our first story on it. Your first reaction to Chris Holtman uh, being out as the Buckeyes basketball coach? Well, obviously, uh, you feel for the players and the assistant coaches and all their families and everything. I think Coach Holtman, uh, he'll probably be, you know, he'll be fine, obviously, with the, the huge buyout that he's expected to receive. And it is sad that it has come to this seven years into this. It seemed like he had a lot of promise with this job in the first year, I mean, they came in right away and uh, kind of shocked everybody <clears throat> going from the bottom of the big 10 to not to second in the big 10 with Kata Bates D up. And uh, you know, just everything they accomplished, they beat Michigan state when they were number one. And unfortunately for him, and, and I laid this all out in the column that I wrote uh, last Friday, I think the column went live about 4 PM on Friday and I didn't have one negative comment about anything I wrote in the in the column. I tried to to not make it personal. I tried to keep it uh, completely uh, truthful uh, with observations and uh, just my thoughts. I mean, this is my 36th year covering this, going all the way back to Gary Williams in the late 1980s uh, through Randy Ayers, Jim O'Brien, Thad Mata, uh, and... Uh, and now, obviously, Chris Holtman. So I've kind of seen guys come and go. Gary Williams is the only guy uh, out of the group and includes his predecessor, Eldon Miller, who left on their own accord. Gary Williams left to go to Maryland to, to, to be the head coach at his alma mater. Everybody else was ultimately fired by their athletic director. And, uh, you know, what, what can you say? Um, you know, jobs come open for a reason. In the past two years, the record is 30 and 30, 30 wins and 30 losses. It's nine and 25 in the Big Ten. And last night they set a record or tied the record for uh, consecutive road losses in school history with 16. Um, Dave and I talked about this on the morning show, the morning five. And just in a nutshell, and this was one of the many things I talked about in my column, Illinois 
in the last two years has added six impact transfers with Terrence Shannon, Mayer last year, um, Dane Danger last year, Damask, Garrier, and one other guy uh, this year, six guys. Ohio State in two years has added one, Jamison Battle. And last night you'd say he had no impact at all. He had no points into the final minute of the game and made a three-pointer after the game had been decided. So that in a nutshell sums up what's gone wrong here with uh, Chris Holtman's tenure at Ohio State. He had some one-and-dones with Bryce Sensenball and Malachi Branham that killed him and some critical injuries with Kyle Young missing two NCAA tournaments in back-to-back years and Zed Key last year from the moment he got injured in the Purdue game in January. From that point on, the team was nothing but miserable. And uh, even when he's healthy now this year, uh, he was a zero again last night. Zed Key in his fourth year played 10 minutes last night, didn't have a point, didn't have a rebound. That's why all of those things added together is why jobs come open and uh, why this team is currently sitting here at 14 and 11 overall and 4 and 10 in the Big Ten and guaranteed a second consecutive losing season in Big Ten play. Last time that happened was was with O'Brien, his last two years, 03 and 04. He wasn't necessarily fired because of that. It was six weeks after the season ended that Andy Geiger got word about all the extra benefits that had been handed out to Savovich and uh, Alexander Radojevic, the recruit. And uh, that's when uh, Andy Geiger lowered the boom on uh, Jim O'Brien six weeks after his second losing season in Big Ten play. So it wasn't even the losses. Randy Ayers went five losing seasons in a row. And uh, Gordon Gee, uh, prevailed upon Andy Geiger not to drop that hammer, but finally in 1997, it was too much. He had to go. So this is where we're at uh, as of uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Valentine's Day, February the 14th. And we'll all remember where we were. This is something obviously the fan base has uh, had lost all confidence in Chris Holtman. They weren't coming to the games. They were averaging just over 10,000 fans a game which is 2,000 less than they had in any previous season in 25 years at Value City Arena. They were going to have the lowest average attendance this season at the games since the last year at St. John Arena, 1997-98, when they averaged just under 10,000 fans. And had they not made this move, it's my feeling they probably would have been under 10,000 fans in an 18,000-seat arena next year at Value City Arena. So, Uh, It is curious to me that they did this before they play Purdue on Sunday. Number two ranked Purdue is 22 and two going into a game at home against Minnesota. I think on Thursday night, it is a little curious to me that uh, they didn't wait until after that 81 63 drubbing to, uh, to drop the hammer. And I hope that uh, Jake Diebler could spark something in the five final uh, regular season games, but uh, you know, uh, strange as it may seem, may- maybe they somehow catch lightning in a bottle. They they honestly, neither Ohio State nor Wisconsin played worth a crap last night. I can tell you that from sitting through that terrible game, 62-54. to 54, Ohio State's offense was terrible. They had two seven-minute stretches, 14 minutes of clock time, where they were one of 19 from the floor. One of 19, so they generated two points from the floor in 14 minutes, They only lose the game by eight. 
They got outscored by 10 points on second chance points. So right there's a huge difference. And Battle, who averages 14 points, only had three. And they still only lose this game on the road to Wisconsin, one of the top 20 teams in the country, by eight points. So there are some pieces with this team, uh, particularly that sophomore nucleus, Thornton, Gale, Akpara, and even Mahaffey. I think you now have to include him in that, even though, grudging as I may, he's not a complete win at the highest level of Big Ten play guy. On a good Big Ten team, he'd be about the seventh or eighth guy, a great complimentary piece, but you don't want to lose any of that nucleus going forward. Devin Royal starting to come in. I wouldn't say he's coming into his own just yet, but he's getting better. He's getting better, and he's making some inroads. Needs Scotty Middleton to get back where he was earlier in the year. But, uh, Pat, I've spoken for about eight or ten minutes here on on how uh, they landed in this position with Holtman. A lot of Ohio State fans just ecstatic today that this came to it. Me, not so much from having worked with Coach Holtman. Great guy, great person, great family. It just didn't work out for him at Ohio State. My guess is he jumps back in at a Big East or an Atlantic 10-type program uh, going forward. Uh, A couple people have asked in the chat about an interim head coach. Nothing has been officially announced yet, but we believe it'll be associate head coach Jake Diebler. I don't know who else they would go to uh, to finish out this season. Jake Diebler doesn't have head coaching experience, but he's been on the staff for a while. Uh, Steve, you touched on it there with with kind of the record um, these last two seasons. Can I interject? One reason he's out of a job today. Let's go back. Randy Ayers at the end of his tenure had a guy named Randy Roth who really wasn't very distinguished as one of his assistant coaches. Jim O'Brien had brought in Rick Boyajas, Paul Biancardi, and Dave Spiller. They were all gone by the end of his run, and uh, he was running on fumes with, like, the former Penn State head coach and some retreads. Oh, Gene Davis – who had coached for Bobby Knight in Indiana in the 70s and had been out of coaching for a decade, was on the staff with Randy Ayers. These are the people who were employed by these former head Ohio State head coaches when they lost these jobs. So by the end of O'Brien's tenure, they brought Boyajas back as a stopgap for one year to try and dig O'Brien out of the mess, and it wasn't enough. Uh, Thad Mata, by the end, had Palace, who's now the head coach at Niagara, or at least he was last year, and Dave Dickerson, and somebody else who I don't even remember. And uh, now, obviously, uh, you've got Jake Diebler, Jack Owens, former head coach at Miami, uh, Mike Nettie, and uh, Brandon Bailey, uh, who was a kind of an NBA assistant assistant coach, you know, who was supposed to come in and help with the defense. I don't see an ass kicker that recruits and strategizes. And that's what got all those former Ohio State head coaches into the predicament that they had. They all came in with great assistance and then they all left. And the same thing true with Chris Holtman. He was, I wouldn't say betrayed by his assistant coaching staff. They just didn't have the chops to get the job done. Yeah. You lose Ryan Peden, who was his his main Peden. guy. Chiragi and Peden were the were the outfit. And um you know, Terry Johnson to a degree as well, who's on the staff now at Purdue. Uh, Terry Johnson, by the way, distinguished what is it, Pat? Lost to a 15 in Oral Roberts at Ohio State, then lost to a 14 at Purdue, and then last year, right here, right here in Columbus, Ohio, lost to a 16 in, at Purdue in three years, 
He has the distinction. Terry Johnson, former Ohio State assistant coach, lost to a 15, a 14, and a 16 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. How about that? That's almost hard to do. Um, let you me have ask to try. You. you have to try yeah, right? to lose at that level. Let me ask you this quickly, and then we'll I'm kind of get on. I'm just being just very facetious, everybody. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this quickly, and then we'll kind of get on to the future here. Um, <laughs> you mentioned it. The, the last two seasons were obviously what have done Chris Holtman in. But before that, 107 and 56, obviously didn't have the record he would have liked in the NCAA tournament. But do you can you pinpoint a moment maybe where things went wrong for, for this oh. program under Holtman? Oh, that awful March afternoon at West Lafayette. Good. I want to, I won't swear. It's a family website. We're employed by CBS. We probably shouldn't be swearing on the air, but good bleep. I mean, that was, that was as bad as it gets. You have little Max Acemas out there running around. I know he's doing a good job now at Texas. Kevin O'Banner, a 30 and 29. Those guys put on Ohio State, a 15 seed. And uh, in the regular season, they had given like the the teams in that footprint, like Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Tulsa, whoever, they'd given them some tough games. But then they jump up and beat Ohio State, a two seed in that COVID tournament, you know, in front of a thousand people at Mackey Arena. You want to talk about a house of horrors for Ohio State, other than the Bates Diop game that he pulled out there on that late shot. Mackey Arena has been the undoing of Ohio State over the years. And the Evan Turner game with Robbie Hummel, where what Robbie Hummel had like 26 points in the first half. And I was listening to that game on the radio back here in Columbus because I couldn't make it to West Lafayette that day. And, and Ron Stokes goes, Paul Keels, you cannot be serious. You know, something like that. I mean, Ronnie really gets into it. But uh, so at any rate, um, you know, I look at it, and uh, that was the day. That was the place, and that was the day. Ohio State fans have been out on Chris Holtman since that day because you have a two seed, and that's your Sweet 16 team. That's potentially your Final Four team. They'd won some games in the regular season, but about late February, they hit a they hit a slick. They lost four games in a row and still got a two seed because they got all the way to the championship game of the uh, the Big Ten tournament. And uh, what was it? Lost to Illinois, I think, and Brad yep, Underwood. Yeah, in the championship of the Big Ten tournament. And then, of course, uh, the following season with two NBA players, Liddell and Branham, uh, they get drummed out in the second round by Villanova. A winnable game, but Villanova, great team of two seed, went on to the Final Four. And last year, so miserably awful. Uh, no answers, no players. And uh, comes time to go, you got to go. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to think back on like the fine margins there, right? Like, yeah, one or lose, two points here or there changes everything. Yeah, you don't lose to that Oral Roberts team, and and that was a close game, closer than it should have been. But at least if you win, you keep going. Um, if you can pull it out against Villanova, I mean, that would have been a huge win for for this program and Chris Holtman. But things go the other way, and here we are today. Um, I know you just released on Bucknuts your hot board that you're still updating on guys that could be next in line to be the head coach who are kind of a couple of your favorites. Don't give everybody, make people go read it, but uh, who are a couple favorites that they might be interested in? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, when, when, when it comes time and obviously there's a lot of season for all these coaches still to play, but uh, Ross Bjork and Ted Carter and their emissaries uh, at Ohio State, the new athletic director and the new president, 
Uh, we'll certainly have their contacts in college athletics as my dog has just entered the area here. My little buddy. Oh, and then his mommy just called him and he left. Uh, they're going to be back channeling starting today uh, with people and agents of head coaches to identify people who would be a good culture fit for Ohio State. And just as speaking in general terms, uh, what I would want is somebody in their 40s and 50s, somebody who's accomplished, uh, somebody who's graded X's and O's, somebody who doesn't come with any NCAA baggage, somebody who has no off-the-court issues with criminal uh, past or anything like that or any hints or allegations in that regard. And then, again, as I talked with uh, Dave on the morning five, you want somebody who is locked in to AAU circuit, who is locked in to these players, high school players today have agents to get them NIL deals and to help place them in the proper colleges, locked in with player agents for high school kids. I know it's nuts, but it's out there. And agents for transfer portal kids. you got to have somebody who is locked into those tangents, who is going, as I said, you lose, you lose as an example, a Malachi Branham as a one and done, who's a great player. What does Kentucky do when it loses Anthony Davis? It goes out and gets two players who are five-star or high four-star to replace that one star that they lost. What does Duke do? What does North Carolina do? What does Kansas do? Those four programs in particular go out, okay, we lose an All-American, an NBA lottery pick. What do we do? We either go into the portal and get the next NBA lottery pick that's going to star at our college, or we go and get a national top 15, top 20 prospect from the high school ranks, and they embrace the churn. And that's what has to happen at Ohio State. None of the Big Ten has embraced the churn, to be honest, and that's why there hasn't been a national champion in the Big Ten for 24 years, back to 2000. Uh, it's all it's all the talent. It's all talent. This footprint produces talent. It just hasn't worked at a Big Ten school in the last 24 years. They've had some teams that played for it. Illinois got there. Michigan got there. Ohio State got there. Indiana got there. There's four programs in the last 24 years that all played for the national championship, got to that Monday night, and didn't get it done. And you've got to have players. So that, to me, is the number one overarching aspect. I don't give a crap who you get. It, it could be Joe Schmo. I don't care. Gotta be able to bring in players. And in this new NIL era, you know, where eventually I think the colleges may have control over what money goes to what player, and they could be classified as employees perhaps one day in this model, uh, you want somebody who's going to embrace the churn and get the right people on campus. Having said all that, the number one name that I'm hearing is Lamont Paris from South Carolina. His team is 21-3 and three right now. South Carolina is ranked for the first time in seven years. And this is a guy from Findlay, Ohio, 49 years old, uh, played at the College of Wooster. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was an assistant coach for Bo Ryan at Wisconsin and uh, helped them get to the final four. And uh, Michi Johnson, the Ohio State transfer, is doing a bang up job uh, there for them. They're, they're ranked 11th nationally. How about Thad Mata Part 2 or Thad Mata 2.0? Is that a possibility? 56 years old, rejuvenated after five years out of the sport. Could they give him a call? Buzz Williams, Ross Bjork uh, from Texas A&M coming as the athletic director. Would he bring Williams in? He's 51. He was the hottest name in coaching a decade ago out of Marquette. Never really went deep at Virginia Tech or at Texas A&M yet, though he's had some pretty good teams. So I look at those. Those are probably the top three names I see in Sean Miller, 55 years old, Xavier, although he has had hint of NCAA allegations, had an assistant, I think, who got the book thrown at him. Uh, there for some illegal dealings and different things. You always had those hints and allegations that they were buying players. Sean Miller and Thad Mata were two uh, tight as the bark of the tree, but there was a recruitment of a player uh, that uh, was seemed headed to Ohio State, and then Arizona apparently, it appeared, landed him out of nowhere without him ever even setting foot on the campus in Tucson, and you just wonder – what exactly happened there? So, you know, Sean Miller, second year at Xavier, not going quite as well as his first year at Xavier, but uh, obviously a guy with uh, ties to Cincinnati area and uh, Pennsylvania, grew up in Pittsburgh, obviously, so uh, played at Pitt. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what, uh, what develops. Those are probably my four or five hot names right now. I know Lamont Paris has, has had a really good season this year, and obviously he's a hot name, probably going to win coach of the year in college basketball. Do you worry, though, that he went Just 11? flash in the pan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have any concerns of that in a guy like that that hasn't – you know, he did have some success at Chattanooga, but hasn't had some st- sustained success at this level. Does that concern you at all? Well, this is where Ross Bjork's experience will come in. And although Ross doesn't start until July 1st, believe me, he, he's he's already going to be in as a consultant to Gene Smith and uh, will certainly have a hand in this. And, and uh, his time at Texas A&M is over, so he has no reason to not be involved in this. And, and really, this needs to be his hire because this is who he's working with going forward. So, you know, Gene Smith, I you know, I would – it makes no sense for Ted Carter to allow Gene Smith to unilaterally hire the next guy who then Ross Bjork has to work with. That makes little or no sense. So Ross, you know, in one way or another needs to be involved in this. And of course, Ross as an AD in the SEC would have seen Lamont Paris and his teams come through college stations, seen him at the conference tournament. 
uh, may have traveled with the team to South Carolina to see him in action. So he probably has a basis of knowledge of what Lamont Paris brings just from his time in the SEC the last several years. And again, you're talking about people who are connected. Ross Bjork has served on every NCAA committee. He knows all the athletic directors, knows all the coaches. And my guess is he'll be reaching out to everybody under the sun in this profession to find out uh, who are the people. You know, I'm not looking for somebody. Somebody brought up Bruce Pearl, you know, as an example. And, you know, 10 years ago, maybe, although he's had hints of NCAA issues in the past, not anything too severe. But, you know, I'm not looking for somebody who led a team to the Final Four 10 years ago or, you know, had a team, whatever. You know, I didn't put Danny Hurley on my list. The Connecticut coach just won the national championship. But if they have a blank check, go get Danny Hurley. I mean, seriously. It's time to quit bleeping around, bleeping around with Ohio State basketball. And if you're serious and want to win at the highest level and pack that building 18,800 strong for 18 or 20 home games every year, get your bleep together and go get the best coach in college basketball that you can get. And I didn't put Danny Hurley on the list just because – I think it'd be a pipe dream to get him away from Connecticut. He's got a perfect setup there to contend for Big Easts and Final Fours every year at Connecticut, the way they're rolling right now. But uh, that's who I want. If I was picking it, that'd be who I would want, whoever's going to be the best coach in college football over the next decade. That's who I would be looking for. Yeah, my concern, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, but that you know, you don't have a basketball arena that even when it's packed has a great atmosphere. You don't have some of the, the tradition. Uh, Duke, that Duke thing was pretty cool. Yeah, I yeah. When know. they get it going. It's, Ohio it's, State, Iowa women was pretty, pretty freaking cool. When it's 18-800 for a big game, uh, it'll knock the other team off their bearings. Trust me. Yeah, I just mean in, in you know in general, you know, you watch Duke, you watch some a Winthorpe on a Thursday night in December. It's not yeah. worth it's not worth a bleep, right? And you're you're at a football school, right? Like you're going to you're going to deal with the overshadowing of football at least through the non-conference part of the season. College football playoff is extending into late January now, so you know the coach that takes this over is going to have to be okay with playing second fiddle to that football program and and Ryan day or whoever. Um, Last thing I want to ask you, Steve, you mentioned the transfer portal in terms of going to get some guys. What about the guys in the program currently? Any concern about guys bolting now, the guys that Chris Holtman has recruited, especially these last two classes? Well, I can tell you this. I know that Bruce Thornton uh, individually has a very close kinship with Jake Diebler. Yeah. And uh, you know, if Jake's not retained, uh, you know, whatever, perhaps that would uh, put a cloud on his situation with X number of uh, assistant coaching spots for full-time coaches. Whoever comes in can have the luxury of retaining one person and still bringing most of his nucleus of his people to come work with him. So, you know, he's going to want people, whoever they hire, that that he's comfortable with and will want to make sure that they are compensated at the highest level, just as he figures to be. They were paying Holtman three and a half. I think to go get the best in college basketball, it's going to be four or five. So, you know, let's 
let's let's you know they have to do this the right way. But uh, I think it depends entirely on timing. Uh, guys are probably free to enter the portal at any time they like now that there's been a coaching change and there'll be a window obviously that opens as soon as uh, the season ends because uh, after everybody's season ends, you see immediately three three to five guys on every Division One team enter the portal. So uh, there'll be guys that enter the portal. Uh, there are several, you know, who don't play, who you'd say, well, it's obvious you should enter the portal. Uh, they're going to have roster openings. And again, as I said, it, to me, it's imperative they keep those four sophomores, as well as Royal and Middleton in particular, in place. That six-man nucleus, hold on to Junie Mobley and Colin White, uh, the two commitments for 2024. And above all else, uh, put, put a representative team on the court that gets to the tournament next year. And, uh, you know, whether that's with senior transfers or, or however you do it, make sure that you come in and, and start strong next season. This Big Ten is there for the taking because uh, Edie figures to be gone. So many seniors on all these teams will be gone next year. It'll be wide, wide open. So there's no reason why Ohio State can't go from 13th to 4th or 5th next year with the right acquisitions. And then above all else, 2025 in Ohio, Dorian Jones, Jerry Easter, um, number three ranked player in the country, Darren Peterson, highest ranked player from in Ohio, probably back to Jared Sullinger. You know, 15 years ago, uh, you know, you got to get, you know, one or two or three of those guys. Nico Bandalo is another one. Antoine West from Toledo Whitmer. Those are the five top guys in 2025. And then Michi's cousin, Mar Marcus Johnson from Garfield Heights and TJ Crumble from Richmond Heights. Those two guys in 2026 are must-gets. And then there are some must-must-gets in 2027 as well who we're going to get to know this spring on the travel circuit. So uh, no reason to, to not keep an eye on what's happening with travel this year with those juniors, sophomores, and uh, freshmen, because it's going to be a wild, wild west out there until Ohio State names that coach. Hopefully two days after that coach, whoever it is, their, their season ends this year. Two days later, they have him at Ohio State, and off they go. Well, as you were talking there, Steve, Ohio State made it official. Uh, the press release just went out. Jake Diebler will be the team's interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Uh, there's a nice little sentence here from Gene Smith to, to Chris Holtman. So officially official now as we end this thing. Um, but thanks, Steve, for jumping on. Obviously, this was uh, not something we were ready. We were Well, we were ready for it. Not something we were prepared for necessarily today. But, uh, you know, we try, and, we try and get the information out and then react to it as we can. So appreciate it, Steve. Lots of good stuff there. And... We'll be back soon. There'll be a lot of talk here. Yep. Take care.